Welcome to another episode of The Inquisitive Analyst. I'm your host, Marcus Utekang. It's the show where we chat about business analysis and project management issues and the challenges and triumphs within those fields. It's inspiring, informative, and very much inquisitive. My guest today is a strategic planning consultant, project design expert, workshop leader, and keynote speaker. He's also founder and president of Management Pro. Please help me welcome to today's show, joining us all the way from Seattle, Washington, Terry Schmidt. Welcome, Terry. Thank you, Marcus. I love your program. I love your energy, and uh, let's get to it. Fantastic. Well, you're you're the next energetic person on the list, so it's great to see. I got to start out with strategic planning. Actually, I'm taking an MBA currently, and strategic planning is one of my courses. So this is an optimal time for me to learn a bit more about strategic planning. How did you get into strategic planning and the project management field? Well, I guess I, I got into project management uh, when I was in the ninth grade and got interested in rockets and going to the moon and all that. And of course, in order to prepare myself to help put men on the moon, I had to demonstrate my capabilities. So I sent a couple guppies into inner space. Uh, they, they survived. It got national press. That led me to getting a, an engineering degree, aerospace engineering at the Uni- University of Washington. And then I got my MBA at Harvard. Uh, uh, you're probably uh, going to study Michael Porter's work, if you haven't already. Porter was my classmate and a strategy rival, uh, a good guy. I, you know, you will love him. My first serious job then was with the Secretary of Transportation in Washington doing strategic planning. And then after a few years, I left government and uh, started working in third world countries for USAID and the World Bank and CETA. And that's really where I learned a systems approach to projects. Uh, A lot of project management is taught as a more of an analytical approach. Uh, I call it falling into, you know, the the Gantt trap, uh, Gantitis, and and thinking that that's the project. Whereas if you take a more broader systems thinking view, you understand some of the interconnections. So I really operate at the, the, the interconnection of strategic planning and project management. Nice. Actually, it's interesting you mentioned uh, Porter, Porter's Five Forces. I did study him not too long ago. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. nice guy. Now, why should professionals and knowledge workers really learn to think strategically? I mean, why do we need to be strategic in our thinking? Well, well, I think it's because of the complexity of the world, uh, you know, VUCA factors. Um, A lot of professionals I know are an inch wide and a mile deep in terms of their expertise. But I think the advantage goes to the man or the woman who can connect the dots across a larger canvas and understand the big picture and then spot in there the risk and opportunities and be prepared to take advantage of them. Uh, I find a lot of project managers, unfortunately, uh, are very narrow in their thinking. Interesting. Now, if we're going to take, say, uh, a practical strategic management principle, what are, what are some practical strategic management principles that project managers should yeah. practice and, and why should they practice these? You know, I think there are several of them. That's a great question. The, the missing one that I see seems to be cause effect thinking and the formulation of a project as a quote unquote strategic hypothesis of the form if then. We get caught up in the activity levels because that's where the action is, but really you need to start the design process at the top and work down. So, you know, begin with the big picture, disaggregate it down into the, uh, into the smaller pieces and implement. So I think there are really three 
core principles in strategic management. One is the setting of objectives and linking them hierarchically. You know, if we build it, they will come. That's a testable scientific hypothesis. The second is clear, clarity of measures. What do you mean by they will come? Who? How many people? Give me quantity, quality, time, cost, customer. And the third is the idea of assumptions, risk factors. So to take that example I just gave from Field of Dreams, if we build it, they will come, provided that or assuming that uh, people know about it, right? Mm, or that yeah. there are roads to get there, all that kind of stuff. And those are the external factors. Risk is where is uh, always present, but it's usually present beyond the boundaries of our project. Mm, okay, fantastic. Yeah, I know. I probably one reason why this strategic management course that I'm I have to take at the MBA is the last course of the MBA program. It has yeah. to encompass all those other aspects that you've studied. Uh, yeah. So so fascinating. Now you have a book out recently, uh, Strategic Project Management Made Simple. It's a simple yes, title. I do. Uh-huh. It's actually the second edition of a John Wiley book. I just happened to have a ah, copy fantastic. here. It looks like fantastic. this. I was going to ask you if you had a copy. And uh, I, I, chose, I chose the maze as the image for uh, an important reason. If you're down at ground level, you know you need to go over here on the other side, but it's hard to lay out the path. If you elevate your thinking by expanded concepts, by some things from strategic planning, you get the lay of the land. You'll make fewer mistakes. Now, by the time it gets boiled down to an action plan, you know, most of the serious thinking has been done. Uh, but you have to do that serious thinking, starting with, uh, well, as we get into it, I'll, I'll share what I consider the four most critical strategic questions that get you on the right page. So I would think I would say, you know, hypothesis, uh, dual directional thinking, asking better questions, and also recognizing that um, people support what they help create. Mm, okay. So both in the formulation of a project and the early implementation, you really need to, you know, to make it theirs, um, get them involved in an appropriate way in the design, uh, keep them informed along the way, uh, you know, build a build a community, build energy around that, build build uh, inspiration around the vision. But uh, far too many project managers, you know, kind of miss that point. Mm. Fantastic. Now, I, I, the books, obviously, I, I, I should point out, is on a se several top 10 lists. Fascinating yeah. because it didn't come out too long ago. Yeah. Now, um, why should we read the book? Why should we? Why should we buy it? Well, um, that's a great question, actually. Uh, let me clarify. The first edition was on, on several top 10 lists. The new one has yet to make it. But okay. I, I think it, it's because it's unique. It's simple. It's a methodology that uh, encompasses the best of systems thinking, project management, scientific method, um, management by objective, risk analysis, and agile, all in one sort of integrated matrix format. Mm. And we developed it for USAID. Uh, USAID, the American Development Program, was spending billions of dollars in third world countries on projects. And Congress asked the question, are any of these projects successful? And all USAID could say is, well, we spent the money. <laughs> we, we built a few buildings, right? <laughs> so the logical framework came out of that as a scientific process of designing a project based on causal thinking, starting at the top, which is to reduce poverty or to improve the quality of institutions. And it's just a, an incredible methodology. I was able to teach that uh, to government leaders in about 24 countries. And then I realized the applicability of it to a wider audience. And that's when I wrote these books, started teaching it at UCLA. And, you know, my, my book is, if, if you want to learn about work breakdown structures and earn value, my book is not the one. If you mm -hmm. want to learn about how to take a high level idea 
and move it through the process of creating a successful project, there's no better book out there. Fantastic. Splendid. My mom would say the same thing. <laughs> Great. All right. Thanks, mom. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, now, what are, what are some of the services that uh, your company management pro provides? We help uh, companies, large companies, small companies who have strategies, ideas, but they can't get it into, into action. Uh, there's some clarity, there's some missing pieces. So I go in as, as the, the person who asks the right questions, who guides them and getting it together, and more importantly, launching critical initiatives. I find the startup process for launching initiatives to be, in most cases, haphazard. Um, there's, a, there's a great quote from NASA. It's called, it's NASA rule number 15. It says, a review of most failed projects and project problems indicates that the disasters were well planned to happen from the start. The seeds of failure are built in early. Initial planning is the most vital part of any project. So this is an initial planning approach that makes sure that you've covered the, you know, sort of systematically and strategically, and then you can work the, you know, the, the, all the other processes. But if you get the right framework, you're going to have a higher chance of success. Fantastic. I like that. There's so many people who don't plan. So many projects that aren't planned, or if they are planned, not planned very well. Yes. Yes. Now, your motto is improve performance, improve productivity, improve profits. What are some of the clients that you've worked with in this capacity? Well, more recently, it's been the U.S. National Research Laboratories, uh, part of the Department of Energy, Los Alamos, uh, Sandia, Lawrence Livermore. And they deal with critical issues, uh, scientific issues, issues in the area of national security. And I recently did a project there to go in and teach strategic thinking. Uh, this organization, it was actually an IT organization in one of the national labs. They were doing a lot of what's called steady state work, and they wanted to move to more innovative work. So how do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to have the right mental tools. And I don't care what profession you're in. If you become an expert, a specialist in that, you're not necessarily going to have the connections. So I taught strategic thinking to, to those groups. The national labs have been a, a major client of mine. In addition, I've worked with Apple, eBay, Boeing, Disney, DirecTV, uh, you know, a lot nice. of the big ones. And I really get the joy, though, out of working with smaller companies uh, where there's an entrepreneur who's put her or his life into this and really needs to make it go. And I usually can come in and add significant value. And uh, that's a lot of fun. That gives me the psychic income as well as the paycheck. Fantastic. Now, gap analysis, it's huge for business analysts. It's huge for uh, project managers. How do you help close that gap that disconnects, say, you want to close that gap between strategic intent and actual results for your clients? How, how, do you, how would you do that? Well, first of all, I think you have to clearly define what strategic intent means and define it in a way that you can also identify all the variables that influence it. Uh, there may be things, you know, you, you do your best with projects, but if the external environment and those factors aren't collaborating with you, you're not going to get there. Uh, so that's why you have to have an ability to, to do a more comprehensive environmental or external analysis. There's a great acronym. My colleague, uh, Steve Haynes, at the Center for Strategic Management came up with this acronym. It's called the Skeptic Analysis. And those stand for letters in a strategic analysis. For, for example, uh, the S stands for, um, let's see, Skept, S-K-E-P-T-I-C. I'm sorry, you're going to have to cut this part out. Just cut out that whole part about, you know where to cut it. Sounds good. No problem. Hmm. 
Wow. I can't come up with a fee, but yes. <laughs> no, okay. no worries. No worries. <laughs> That's like me trying to, I had some guy, I was trying to ask him a question about cause. He had uh-huh. an acronym cause. And, uh, and I think he kind of hesitated as well. So <laughs> no problem. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Actually, right. I have it now. I oh, have it. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you do a, a skeptic analysis, you begin with sociological changes. What's happening out there in the external environment in terms of people and needs and demographics and all that. K is competition. It's actually the German spelling for competition. But what are the competitors doing? Okay. Do they have a significant advantage in certain areas? Are there areas, you know, Michael Porter talks about strategy is deciding where to compete. So you need to decide that. E is environment in the sense of uh, the green movement, uh, climate change, all that. What are the implications of that for your business, if any? E, economics. Economics, large scale, interest rates, global patterns, as well as purchasing power and purchasing decisions made by your, uh, by your customers. P stands for uh, political slash regulatory. What's, you know, keep your eye on what's coming down on the pike there as an input into your planning. T, okay, stands for industry. What's the industry structure? One of the issues with my, uh, my clients who do the supercomputing initiatives is that the cost of storage is so high. And a lot of the companies are going out of the business so, you know, how do you store the, the, you know, all the data that is uh, generated by scientific research into say, you know, modeling the climate or mm-hmm. genome discovery. So you need to look at the industry structure. Is it consolidating? You know, you mentioned Michael Porter. He's, he's good at looking at that. And see consumer slash citizens. What's the mood of the people? And those external factors should be looked at perhaps at a higher level than a project manager. But if you can at least key into them and say, which of these have an influence on my project or an influence on my career? Because I think the most important project anybody has is their career and their life. No doubt. Yeah, for this. I, so as, you were, as you were saying skeptical, it sounded to me like an extension of pestle. You know, because I, yes. I, I heard polit- political in there, economics, and so right. yeah, environmental, fantastic. Yeah, it's right. a twist on on pestle. It adds a, a couple of areas that uh, probably wouldn't get the, the attention they deserve. Yeah, fantastic. Now, your company's training and consulting is, you say, practical. It's innovative. It's effective. Anything else you need to add? Uh, it's fun. Uh, I, I'm a little bit quirky. Now, if you're, you know. That doesn't always work in some environments, but I like to keep it fun because if you create a, an atmosphere where, where people are having fun and challenging themselves and getting a laugh once in a while, uh, that keeps it moving. So I balance, you know, it, the, the fun is a softener, the sweetener that, that uh, balances out the, you know, the heavy stuff. I like that. It's a softener, the sweetener. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. Now, Tony Robbins had a few things to say about you. Uh, what are some of those things? You know, Tony Robbins is an interesting individual. I first encountered him when his book came out in 1986 called Unlimited Power. And I thought, hmm, this is, this is kind of interesting stuff because he talks about basically your internal software and how you can manage your state and the, the impact of that. I, was, uh, I used to work a lot in the Caribbean too. I was doing a trip from Seattle to Barbados and I had an overnight in Minneapolis. It just so happened that Tony was doing a workshop. So I went out and, and did it. It was a firewalk, 150 people. Now, these days, I think his last one got 300,000 people. So, yeah, he's grown quite a bit. 
But the amazing thing about Tony is he had basically total mastery of his emotions, of his physiology, um, an incredible guy. So I, I thought I can learn something from him. I went to his uh, mastery training. Tony invited me back as a trainer. Then I became a master trainer and his first strategy consultant. So I got a quote from Tony. Terry is one of the you know, top strategy consultants in the world. Thank you, Tony. You know, you're pretty good yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but the That's most amazing. important thing, yeah, the most important thing, and I have a whole chapter in my book about it, is managing your inner game. Managing your inner game. Uh, when you're criticized, how can you handle that? If you need to give criticism, how, how do you uh, keep your team motivated if there's a setback? How do you keep yourself on top if there's a budget cut and you need to let yourself, uh, you know, you need to let a couple of people go? So managing the internal game, your mindset, your, your you know, your, 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 your uh, internal language, emotional intelligence, that is equally critical, if not more. Yeah, fantastic. Emotional intelligence is a huge thing we're talking about in the MBA program that I'm in as well. Yes. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's also a big topic among project managers. Uh, you've been a faculty member at Los Alamos National Laboratory, the Institute for Management Studies, UCLA Extension, a strategy instructor at MIT Professional Education. I don't, the list, I'm, sure, I'm sure this is just a small list. Uh, any recommendations for those who want to turn strategic goals into actionable plans? Uh, I believe that what you first of all have to expand your identity. Okay, what do I mean by that? We all have a self-conception, and for the most part, they are limiting self-conceptions. I, I, you know, I had a guy said, well, you know, I'm just an engineer, and I asked what he did, and we continued. He's really an architect of change. He's building the future. Mm -hmm. And just simply have, okay, I'm an architect of change. Wow. I met a lawyer, you know, a lawyer. What are you? I'm a lawyer. Okay. As we talked about it, she realized that she's a guardian of justice mm -hmm. for people who you don't have access to the system. So coming up with, uh, I call it a, almost a, a lyrical and imaginative uh, internal identity. Like me, I'm a, I'm a master of change. I'm a master of change and leader of life who makes a difference in the world. So if you have a strong internal sense of identity, then it makes it a lot mm -hmm. easier. Then you can bring in you know, the, the uh, programmatic topics, turning strategic goals into actionable plans because you know who you are. Mm. You have a great sense of who you are. You're making a difference. You're a force for good. So I think it's easy to get beaten down, um, to get discouraged, to get rejected, to get uh, criticized. And sometimes, you know, we let that stop us. We let, you know, we keep it, um, we keep it as a limitation to our greatness. What I have done over my career is I've really taken two tracks. One is a technical project management track, and the other is an internal personal excellence track. And I've tried to weave those two together. In fact, mm. one thing that's unique about my book, there's a whole chapter on how to apply project management principles to create the life you want. Fantastic. Attitude really depends on your altitude, or should I say, to get to, get to that altitude, you really need that attitude. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Any recommendations for someone who wants to get into the strategic management business uh, any, any, maybe one or two, three steps one could take to do so? Uh, I think, first of all, is to, is to look for opportunities in the environment that you're in. Uh, what that means is if you're a bigger company and, you know, find out about the strategic planning process that's going on, see if you can volunteer to be part of a task force. Uh, that gives you two things. One, it gives you visibility to other things happening in the country, in the company, gives you new contacts, plus it gives you exposure. People can see how good you are. 
I did this a lot early in my career and had a you know pretty fast progression in uh, various companies that I worked with. The second thing I would say is to read more broadly, uh, get a better sense of what sort of the you know the major dynamics and trends are. I believe that at least thirty percent of our reading should be outside of our our normal field of excellence. Right. I basically stopped reading project management strategy books. I'm now reading peak performance books, psychology books, uh, strategic change books. So we can, it's, it's very easy to get narrowed like that, yeah. but you want to be expansive. That's how you make a difference in the world for yourself, for your family, for your company, for your country. Fantastic. It's fabulous. Now, if anyone wants to get a, a copy of your book, how can they do so? Is it amazon.com first? That's, that's an easy way to do it. Yes. And I wouldn't yeah. recommend you get a copy. <laughs> I recommend you get three copies. Oh, fantastic. One for yourself yeah. that you can mark up. Second, keep on the shelf as a you know emergency birthday gift or wedding gift or something like that. And third, inscribe one to that special loved one in your life. I was going to say, and if there's a Kindle copy, you can get keep one on your computer or in your on your there you go. tablet. There yeah. you go. Yeah, this copies. book came out pretty good on Kindle. The first one didn't because I had various diagrams that didn't quite fit, but it reads mm -hmm. well on Kindle. Uh, yeah, they can get in touch with me, Terry at managementpro.com. And I've also created a special gift because I know you have a very influential audience interested in continuing learning. If you go to bit.ly, bit.ly slash Marcus Podcast, all in caps, and register, I'm going to send you uh, something that it's fairly unique. It's an acronym, Projects, P-R-O-J-E-C-T-S, but it's the internal mind states for each of these letters. For example, P is presence, R is resilience, O is optimism, and it gives you a whole bunch of strategies for each of those. So that's how you really leverage your, your internal game and differentiate you from all the people who think, and this is an exact quote, if it ain't in the pin box, I don't need to know it. I like that. Fantastic. Now, how else can people get in touch with you apart from the email um, and, and purchasing your book on amazon.com. You've got LinkedIn. I've got LinkedIn. Yes. LinkedIn. Okay. I love getting a request on LinkedIn. That's, that's wonderful. Yep. Okay. And say a little bit about yourself. Uh, I usually turn down connections that just say, Hey, I want to be part of your, of mm -hmm. your uh, network. Cause you know, that doesn't make any sense. Align yourself with, with good people. Speaking of LinkedIn, there's some great groups to be part of. So find those out. That's an you know, incredible way to, to boost your, your skill set in that arena. Um, that's how I met you, right? Mm -hmm. You've got sure. what 30, 31,000 or more followers. Uh, not yet. Probably, I think I'm at 22,000, but it's getting up there close. What a yeah. guy. That's yeah. very impressive. It's getting up close. Thanks. It, it must be good to feel, to know that you're making an impact on people's lives. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. People just contact me out of the blue for all sorts of things. And I, I get so many requests that I, I have to start filtering them out because it's, yeah. I, I, one, one time I counted 45 requests in one month. I just, uh, it gets too much. That's almost one, one a day on average, but they don't, they, they don't all come one a day. Sometimes they come like 10 a day. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. one a day. Yeah. So anyway. It is what it is, but yeah, thanks. One of the one of the downsides is massive success, right? Mm. <laughs> one of the downsides, no doubt, no doubt. You're probably, gonna, you're probably going to get a request from Charles Barkley who says, "I need a body double." <laughs> oh, to play golf. I think that's what he does is in, in his retirement mm. these days. Yeah, he plays golf with Michael Jordan. That's fantastic. Well, I was going to say thanks very much, Terry, for being on the show. It's been splendid having you. And uh, certainly uh, we can all take away a lot 
about strategy. I, I know certainly I can from the MBA uh, program that I'm doing, as I'm sure many other people are in a similar boat. So uh, thank you once again for being on the show. It's been fantastic. It's been fun. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Have yourself a great day. Will do. Okay. Bye. And now a word from our sponsors. The Lewis Institute provides an enterprise project management program that does more than just train PMs. It helps support them from the CEO level on down. These courses help certify project leaders and prepare them to pass the PMP exam. The Business Agility Institute provides Emergence, the Journal of Business Agility. This quarterly publication brings you inspiring stories from the most innovative companies. Use the promo code ANALYST to get a 10% discount on your annual subscription. Thank you.